I'm Janice Corsano, and this is How to Survive Earth School. In this episode, Holly's very sensitive like I am, not to the same degree I am because Holly has PTSD, so she's got an off switch that went off, Mm -hmm. and she likes to keep it off because she doesn't like to feel everything because it's intense, and although it's it's not necessarily the best thing for her to keep it off, she doesn't really want to turn it back on yet, so she turns it on a little bit. And she gets overwhelmed by the feeling and she shuts it off. Today, my daughter Holly, she's going to be helping me with the podcast. And we're going to hear about all the things that she's experiencing in the, in the world of crazy. <laughs> in the world of everything's going crazy. What are you experiencing there? Hi first, guys. tell everyone. Yeah, <laughs> first, say hello to everyone. Hi, it's Holly. Um... Oh, Holly just got a new car, too. Christine got a new car, and Holly got a new car. Everyone's um, creating some good things. Mm-hmm. I did get a new car, finally, after two years of trying. You see, it took a while for her to create that. Mm-hmm. She was working on it. Yes, I was working on it. So talk about the, the process of... Because what you got was not something that you thought. It was well, what you wanted to begin with. So... Which is interesting. Two, two years ago, I was thinking of getting an EOS um, and when an, EOS? I, an EOS is that Volkswagen that oh like right. convertible Volkswagen so what I was thinking was I would get one of those because I wanted a convertible I wanted something that was sporty but also could do the um, you know New England snow driving situation and that kind of would do both but I don't know, that then that didn't happen, and that's fine. But the one that I loved um, when I got there that was in the showroom was white outside with a red Wallace, interior. Wallace, stop that. Um, and, um, Wallace is adding background noise while he chews his bone. Because in, in our last episode, Wallace was outside the door scratching because unless his butt's in here, he's like, I'm supposed to be in the podcast, and then he's got to make noise. <laughs> so... So I didn't end up getting a new car then, but I always had in the back of my mind that I really wanted a white car with a red interior, and then I let that go, and then supposedly, supposedly let the go, let it go. Uh, didn't didn't look for a car for about a year, and then about a year ago, it was really time to start looking for a car. My car had about 200,000 miles at the time. I'm like, okay, it's time. Like, I really need to start looking. Uh, and then I would go to the dealer, and didn't, I never saw anything that I liked. And then I would, you know, I test drove a bunch of Lexuses because that's what I had at the time and didn't really like anything that was new. was not that happy, didn't know what I was going to do. And then... Yeah, those cars were definitely not... Yeah, not I don't know. They just changed the way the back window was. I don't know. I wasn't that happy with it. But anyways, long story short, I popped in uh to a Lexus one Lexus dealership one time and they had a C-Class Mercedes in the lot and and I kind of liked it. I'm like, "Well, you know what? Let me my friend has one of these. Let me like she loves it. Let me pop in here and see how it goes." Yeah, so we drove it. I remember that day we went to So we Lexus. drove it and I could see out of it really well. It felt really good. It had a cool feature that fit made me ha- happy and felt safe the lane tracking mm-hmm. feature cuz um, she's always driving. Tell people what you do. So I do hair and makeup for production all over the place. Most of it is in New York, Manhattan, 
area. Um, some of it's upstate, some of it's in Jersey, some of it actually could be in Connecticut, which is convenient and great when that happens. Um, Wallace could just stop with the bone. Anyways, so that's when I was like, okay, well, I guess that means I'm getting a Mercedes because that seems to be the only car that I can see all the things that I want to see out of felt comfortable in and also... Okay, get to how you created the car. Okay. Because we already got the... We got the... the yeah. Just. Created the car. Um, I went to Mercedes like three separate times. They had nothing there that had all the features that I wanted. Well, but they did once, but it was Mercury Retrograde. And you can't buy a car during Mercury Retrograde. Right. So, one day, two weeks ago now, I popped in and... Or a week and a half ago, maybe even less. I got it. The car is like a week old or a week and a half old. So I pop in and the very first day that this car is on the lot is the day that I come in and it's my car and I don't know it's my car yet and I see it and I'm like, ooh, that's nice. Um, the person that was showing it to me showed it to me specifically because it had the cool lane tracking feature that I wanted and none of the other cars on the lot had that. So we drove it, but it was a coupe, and I wasn't expecting, like, I didn't even think to look at those. But funny story is that car had every single feature that I wanted, and it was white outside and red interior. Um, Which was the car that you actually created to begin with, was the one that you wanted. So the point of what we're talking about is, although you forgot about the EOS mm -hmm. and changed to the C-Class Mercedes, it was similar to the car because it's got the panoramic sunroof. It's kind of got a convertible. Right, it almost has a, a convertible feeling because the sunroof is really big. And it's like the whole roof is glass. So it feels very open. And a cool, the, the best feature about it too is that the back seats go all the way down. So even though it's not four-door, it still fits things like a four-door. So. so in creating, because we go, you know, we're creating things. What do you think you did? How'd you, how'd you do it? Because we're talking about creation and it, as crazy as it is right now and what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. what, kind of, what kind of extreme stuff are you experiencing in your life? I mean, your creation of your car was... was that was very cool. It was very cool, mm -hmm. but it wasn't easy, meaning it took two years for that car to show up. You looked a long time. You thought that you wanted this car after you thought you wanted two other cars. Mm -hmm. But this car looks more like the first car that you right. wanted, more so than... It's true. Than any other car. So if it's we said, like, true. what's stuck in your mind mm -hmm. without you even realizing what was, right. you know, what was in your subconscious that you were putting out was probably more of, I really love that car. I wish it was whatever. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you got a car that's similar to the one that you really wanted, mm -hmm. but isn't that one. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Pretty cool on the creation. It's fun. If you think, if you think about it, you know, how, how you did that. Um, and what else did you ask? <laughs> what other creations? Well, um, we're talking about, you know, what's been going on because it's been so, the energy's been so extreme and exhausting. Mm -hmm. uh, the en so, the en energy-wise, I've been actually feeling very spacey lately. Like, this is kind of what I've That's been... That's a thing. So, this is what I've been feeling. So, if you were, if, have you ever daydreamed and the thing that you're looking at kind of disappears because you're so in your mind that your your eyes start to see what your brain is seeing and the thing that you're looking at gets glazed over yes that level of daydream is yeah it's called that's called um meditating with your eyes open right mm -hmm. i'm like that 
most of the time now. Like I feel that that so basically what ha- what is happening is you're switching dimensions. The the outside world that normally people would very easily affect me and unground me and pick me up off of my feet and like kind of like stress me out and knock me out of whack because my head is in this Holly's very sensitive like I am not to the same degree I am because Holly has um, PTSD so she's got an off switch that went off Mm -hmm. and she likes to keep it off because she doesn't like to feel everything because it's intense and although it's not it's not necessarily the best thing for her to keep it off she doesn't really want to turn it back on yet so she turns it on a little bit and she gets overwhelmed by the feeling and she shuts it off Mm-hmm. And we will talk more about that in another episode with her. And we'll let her tell you about why she keeps her switch off. <laughs> Once I figure out why, because I don't know yet. <laughs> no. Well, I know. I know why she does, but we'll let, we're going to, you know, let her work on that a little bit. Um, I don't, well, so I feel like I'm in a protected, more naturally protected space as instead of needing to put, like about a year ago, I felt like I had to put in a ton of effort if I wanted to feel like I could be myself comfortably without being affected by other people. And at this moment, and this has been really probably for the past like month, it's been, I've been noticing it starting to happen more and more in this past week. It's been really very apparent that things that maybe would make me scared or nervous before are not because it's not that I don't care. It's that it doesn't matter. So so you're getting more of the, what what a lot of people are getting, which is where they stop. It's not that you don't care. You like give up. It's like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of, and then we stop. And it's, it's people say, I don't care, but it's not, we it's don't not, mean I don't it's care. It's not a lack of caring. It's just, it's just um, an openness of... However, this is supposed to be, will be. Right. It's having, it's because our faith is being very tested at this time. And it's actually having faith, belief, and trust that the universe is taking care of Mm -hmm. you and what you're putting out and knowing that you're safe and that you're fine. And that Mm -hmm. as crazy as it feels right now in lots of ways that we are protected, that we are part of each other and the universe and a higher purpose. And that's, you're getting more of the fifth dimension feel and that higher energy vibration, which Mm -hmm. is, which is very nice. Right. It, It is. It makes me feel like, though, that people that aren't experiencing that think that I'm on some type of drug. (laughs) 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 Because it's... Well, a lot of people aren't experiencing that because they're, you know, feeling all their stuff in their face. It's not like you're not going to get your stuff in your face. You're just going to get it differently because we can get our stuff in our face in a a higher vibration, which can be something that's um, easier for us to see. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't have to learn in pain. We tend to learn in pain. You could learn and jo- more joy things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of the thing that will change as we're, right. you know, switching dimensions. So, like, for example, I was um, dancing this weekend and or- helping organize an event um, at Yale. And I was, for the first time, DJing at the event. And um, I normally don't play m- music for people. I like I like my own music to dance to um for swing and blues um doesn't necessarily mean that everyone else will and i was asked specifically to dj a late night fusion because my music style makes sense for that vibe um and i feel like me a year ago would have felt 
I would not have trusted myself to put together like a combination of music that I felt like fit. So basically, I would have doubted my abilities to to um, have people be. I would I would have been afraid that they would not have enjoyed my music and they would not have had fun dancing. Interesting, because that's something that that as we grow more confident and as we start to understand ourselves a little bit more, that we are able to be more of ourselves. Right. And that's part of the thing where you start to trust your intuition right. and your feelings. So then, but what happened was I DJed. I'm like, you know what? I really like this music. I really like dancing to it. My close friends who come over and like we hang out and listen to my music also enjoy dancing to it. And I think that this would be good to share with people and it would be fun and new. And maybe these are things that people haven't heard, but that doesn't mean that they won't enjoy it. So I'm going to trust that my taste is good. And, um, you know, not be nervous and be, be, you know, so how did it go really well? Actually, people came up to me and they were like, Holly, I loved your set. Like multiple people came up to me and said that they really liked it. And they were asking me which songs or what, and they wanted to know who, like where, you know, how did I discover certain things? And I'm like, cool. And that's you feeling what, what made you feel differently than last year what do you think is changing in you um because that's important like you being aware enough to start to understand like we're changing you know that we're changing right that i mean mistakes are okay in that if something didn't work out no one died it's just music it's fine and that a mistake is not a bad thing right and funny thing, too, is um, when I was rolling through to, like, pick the next song, I accidentally hit it by mistake. So midway through one of the songs, a new song started playing. And everyone was like, oh, but then the next song was so awesome that everyone just kept dancing and they, like, totally didn't even mention it again. So it was fine. And it's part of being a person. Yes. You're allowed to do that. It's okay. <laughs> And when we do it, we need to stop being so hard on ourselves and trying to be mm-hmm. so perfect about what we're doing. Because as a being on this planet, our one of our things that we're doing here is to learn and grow. Meaning that is the thing we're doing here, to learn and grow. So if mm-hmm. we aren't allowing ourselves to learn and allowing ourselves to grow, then how would you do that? What do you think? I think you give, make mistakes, you try stuff, you mm-hmm. see how it goes. And then you try to make it better or, you know, change it or realize that that's not the thing that you're into or that is the thing. But unless you get out there and do something and get out of your fear, then you're never going to be able, you know, because you do lots of things. You know, you try lots of different things and Mm -hmm. find things that you love and find things that you don't like so much. You know, I mean, you, what kinds of things did you find that you tried that you actually went, this would have been scary, but I'm going to do it. And dancing is one of them. Well, not dancing. DJing well, for the people. DJing for dancing, but when you first started dancing, when you were little, that was something that, you know, there was a little bit of a fear with when you first started Well, the going. driving was the f- a fear. Driving was a very bad fear because mm-hmm. of the car accident. Right. So, so I wouldn't get my license. Yeah. No, she wouldn't get her license. As a matter of fact, I had to work really hard with her to be able to get her license. 
And now this child drives everywhere. Mm-hmm. I drive in Manhattan. You can even tell me like a crossroad. And I'll be like, okay, I can get there because I've driven in Manhattan enough to know how to get around. Yeah. Com- very comfortably. And the fact that you do that and, and what if, and what if I didn't help you to make sure you got your license? What do you think would be the difference? Right. I probably would have been like paralyzed in, in my fear of the car. I would have been stuck and not able to go anywhere. I would have had to have relied on the train, which is inconvenient all the time, inconvenient, or relied on some person to drive me to jobs if they were in New Jersey. Or you wouldn't have those jobs, or you wouldn't even look at them because they're where right. they were. Exactly, yeah. So the difference of being able to travel and get over your fear of getting your license and driving is very much like anyone who has a fear of something. Right. And being able to overcome it, what's the other side look like? Right. You know, what does it feel like to you? Because you were so, you, you know, that's a very, you know, good thing. Meaning you were paralyzed to get your license. Mm-hmm. You didn't get your license until you, what, 18? 17. 17. But we worked hard to get your license. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like being on the other side of it now, it, it feels... I don't want to, I mean, I do want to say it feels more safe, but I wasn't any less safe before either. It's just a feeling. Yeah, that's all. It's just because my mind feels more confident in my ability to trust myself and, you know, know that I'm I'm a good driver and, you know, I feel confident that you know, it doesn't mean that everyone else is not a bunch of morons, <laughs> but stop texting and driving. Stop it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a big problem. And For serious, are, like really though. Yeah, no, that's a big problem. And that's something that, that, you know, we're having a lot of deaths, just like drunk driving, you know, like those things are very serious. So people need to realize that that's not good and not okay. And mm-hmm. we need, you know, different ways to, if we're going to be doing that, we need different ways to understand and do it because you know before that wasn't a thing and now it's a thing and just as new technology comes out we Mm -hmm. we get more things you would never read a newspaper while driving why would you be texting while driving like that is weird and the fact that you know we have this new technology and now it becomes part of our day-to-day thing is Mm -hmm. also strange in itself i mean we don't have a minute by yourself you know like you're constantly hooked to your phone but the point that we're trying to get at much more is like if somebody has a fear, like you do, like a P- that has a serious PTSD, like you did, mm-hmm. um, with driving, and you're not completely over your PTSD, no, but but no. you are, you are as far as that fear goes. Mm-hmm. That that one's been conquered. Yeah, that one's been conquered, and having it, what did that feel like? Um, having the fear felt. It didn't feel like I had an option. It felt like, so I'm I'm remembering back to in the beginning of college when I used to work on Rescue Me a lot. That 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 was that Dennis Leary show, um, and they would book me for for background or for stand-in work. Um, I'd be in the city, and that was fine because I could drive from college, like the campus in Terrytown, to the train station, hop on the train, get to my job, no problem. That was great. Loved doing that. And then one time they booked it in like Hackensack, New Jersey, and I was already committed, so I couldn't say no, and I had to drive there. 
and this was before phones had the GPSs on them. And I was panicked because I had I had a fear of getting lost. I had a fear of being late. I had a fear of not being able to figure out how to get back. I had a fear of it wasn't a fear of being hit either. It was a fear of. But that was before. That was to get your license. You were had a fear of driving that somebody was going to hit you or that you were going to hit somebody but mostly that someone was going to hit you because we kept getting hit like mm-hmm. you had been in three or three at least three accidents right that yeah. you were hit right well but that but it's more of the association of not being successful in a car so like my the my ability like the ability to trust myself to take myself to place that I didn't know how to get to already wasn't there like if I didn't already do the drive by myself I would not do it because I didn't think that I could figure out how to get there by myself okay but before that that's one fear but before that when you didn't have your license and you wouldn't get your license because you were afraid to drive do you remember back then why you wouldn't why you were so afraid to get in the car and learn how to drive I don't actually I actually don't remember those feelings. Um, well, I mean, it's good that you, you know, necessarily don't remember them in the sense so that you, you know, don't have them anymore. Right. But, but I remember them because I was the one that had to work really hard with her to be able to get her to, to want to get in the car mm-hmm. and to learn how to drive. And that yeah. was that was extreme. She was very afraid of not knowing that if she was going to do something wrong or if someone else was going to do something wrong. Right. I still don't like being her. a passenger. You know, that, that if somebody was going to hit her, that because she just started to trust again and was just starting to get over it the first time, and then the next thing you know, we are in another accident. And mm-hmm. that was the thing that put it over the edge to be like, you don't trust anything in a car. But the difference is today and what you're feeling. So being able to overcome that, at the time, you didn't think you were ever going to be able to overcome that. You didn't think that you were going to be able to drive to all these places that you drive now. Right. Well, because you don't see in the future, or you don't think that there is something else other than what you f- are feeling. Mm-hmm. You're in that reality, and that is your world, and that's how you know it. So when it starts to change, and it starts to change for the positive it's exciting because you didn't realize that that was even like a choice. You're like, Oh, I got to this place by myself and it was kind of scary to get there, but I'm here and I did that. And that was, that was good. And then you keep doing that over and over until you keep reinforcing, reinforcing that you can do it, that you can Mm -hmm. do it. And even if you got lost, which you did. I got lost. <laughs> I got which you lost. Did. I had to call my mom and be like, uh, you need to like Google map me to to the place. To this place because I New Jersey roads are the worst and I cannot find this freaking place. Which we did. And which was fine. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So But those are the types of things like when we talk about like what people, you know, overcoming stuff. I mean, there's lots of things that you've overcome that mm-hmm. we're not, you know, talking about at the moment, but but just one of those. So what would be the advice that you would give somebody? Because, you know, having PTSD is such a um, a tough one for a lot of people. And post-traumatic stress is not, you know, isn't a war right. thing only. Um, it's well, a people thing. It's a right. tra- traumatic thing. You know, it's, you know, from suffering a trauma. 
the advice that I would give is, you know, within our work that we do in helping people to overcome and see different things and understand how they got it and what it's there for. Find one thing that you feel like is an inconvenient debilitation that the PTSD is giving you. And really, really catch yourself. Think about it all the time and cancel it out. Anytime you have that one, just pick one thing though. Like you can't do all of it in one shot. Just pick one. For example, um, if you are scared to hug people, you don't want to hug people. You don't like people touching you. Make a point to anytime you feel uncomfortable, if someone goes to hug you, embrace them and make it feel neutral and comfortable in your mind before you, you know, so you're not antsy about it. So how do you make it feel comfortable and neutral in your mind? Because we worked on this and that's a, you practice things. So maybe it's you hug something else first. Maybe you, you know, hug your dog. Maybe you hug a teddy bear. Maybe you hug like, and imagine them being people and imagine like what's scaring you. And Right. I, the way I'm seeing it is, You have to, you have to release the attachment to the thing. Because it, here, first of all, it's got anchored in there. And the more that something get an, it gets anchored in, the more that you don't do it, the more that it gets anchored in. So we have to actually mm-hmm. break the anchor. Yeah. So whatever it is. Although it feels true, it isn't true. But the more you fear it, the more it anchors in. And every time you have the experience and have the feeling, it anchors it in more. Right. Yeah. So pick, start with something easy that is simple and small, like just like a tiny little thought that anytime you feel anxious about whatever that specific thing is. And that's a good time to, to do the breathing exercise to, you know, have that thought in your mind and to to start to breathe and feel the um, breath in your body and to kind of bring down that fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could look at different ways. You could write out your fear. You could write out what, Mm -hmm. you know, why you're so afraid of it or what feels Mm -hmm. like it's so scary. Mm -hmm. I would write a goal statement too. So for example, my goal is I would like to feel safe in my body. And I would like to feel that hugging people is safe and neutral that I'm just making up a sentence Mm -hmm. um you know and you write it out and I think when you write something out it you can more easily manifest it absolutely and then the people that do the best in the work that we do write write their stuff for me yeah so write it out draw a little picture cut that sucker out tape it to your bathroom mirror and then you can do what I did with the car thing and just forget about it then. And then it's going to be out in the world. You're going to have it in the back of your mind. You're always going to see it, but you may not actually be paying attention to it, but it's in there. And then anytime you catch yourself thinking anxiously, say, wait, I just caught myself. What was my goal statement again? And then fi- figure out how you want to feel about it instead and change change your mind. And as you do that, the more you practice that, it takes the anchor out and puts in a new anchor. And the anchor is a neutral feeling that feels calm and more relaxed. 
and you know how to pull up those feelings because you can associate them with anything else that you do feel calm and relaxed to. It's easy to go, okay, if I'm feeling anxious and scared, okay, what's a, where do I feel calm and neutral? Where do I feel relaxed? What's the place that I usually feel good? Right. And put yourself there. Like, do I like doing yoga? How do I feel when I'm at the gym? How do I feel if I'm taking my dog for a walk? Do I feel comfortable and happy when I'm cooking something? Like, what, what's your happy place? Go to that feeling and really feel that. Yeah, and that's the really important. Like, you really have to feel it. Yeah. So as, as we're talking about this, and the reason that we're talking about it is to give you guys, like, there's so much fear in the world right now, and there's so much crazy stuff going on, and we are changing, and we're all exhausted, tired, and we're, you know, being so tough on ourselves. And just yeah. being able to, yeah. The being tough on yourself thing is huge right now. I've, it's huge. I beat myself up constantly with time. It's I, huge. Well, there isn't any time, so it's right. a little hard to, to, I don't know right. why you keep beating yourself up on it, because there isn't any. I always am 15 minutes late for everything. Yes, and apparently um, that's a thing that you need to work on as why am I always 15 minutes late? What's the proof? You know, what is it right. trying to prove for you? But for a job, if I'm being paid, I'm an hour early because I have such anxiety about being 15 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's really great. So that makes it so she gets there an hour early. So just tell her you're going to pay her for a job and she'll be there 15 minutes late. Nope, you'll see her an hour early. So all you got to do is tell her you get, you're booking her for a job and she'll be there actually way it's early. so funny my friend that i work with um always laughs at me she's like okay cool you'll be there at four cool the job's at five <laughs> all right i'll see you i'll but see you at five but i know you'll be there at four I'm like all right but that's what's so funny it's like the idea that that 15 minutes is trying to prove something to you and that makes you feel bad about yourself and that you're doing something wrong or there's something wrong with you well instead of instead well, of when you go to do a job that you're an hour early it's like for some reason you're either too early or too late yeah there is something to be said, though, about the amount of traffic and how... Yes, and that's one of the reasons why you have that fear of that you're going to be late. So that's why you leave right. extra early, because, because you sat in traffic for freaking hours. It's There's the uncertainty of not being able to time yourself properly when you're driving, because there is no set destined end time to In these traffic. days, and especially, like, even... Um, and a lot of times, because of all the stuff she has to take, she can't take the train, because she's got too much to carry. So... Which is another reason why I needed my new car. <laughs> because it kept breaking the old one and it was unreliable and I'd go to start it and it wouldn't start. And then I'd be also having problems with that. So, yay, new car. <laughs> yay, new car. But that's actually the point. Like, all, the, all these things are, you know, in understanding and being able to work on yourself and be aware. Because isn't it in your awareness that, all right, I'm 15 minutes late. What the heck is up with that? Mm -hmm. And Wait, I'm but here's early. the thing. My job, I recognize that if I'm late to my job... Wallace is snoring. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if you guys could hear him. I took the bone away from him because he was making so much noise that he now sat next to us and started snoring. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. People take things, I think, way too seriously. Like, way too seriously. And I, everyone's time is very valuable. And I understand that time is, is imp very precious. So if I'm late to something... If I show up on time, I expect everyone else to show up on time. But, God forbid something happens, and I'm late, no one dies. Well, like, I'm not a brain surgeon. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, not? I'm not fixing hearts. I'm not fixing brains. Oh, I'm God. not EMS. I'm not responding to something. You know what I mean? It's, so, it's like... You know what? If you were, you'd be on time. That would be... You'd have a whole other issue. It's a thing that proves something. 
and that's where you you're, you're not getting what I'm talking about yet the the 15 minutes late is a proof of something it's proof of something about yourself when you actually understand it and when you do the work on it Holly understands the work she understands the concept she's not necessarily doing the work that's the difference she does some of the work like everybody you know they do some of the work but as she gets does more of the work then she'll start to understand like what does that 15 minutes represent for me what does it make me feel about myself what are the things that because the hour early is making sure because you know you're late so then you're not early and next week's episode if I know I don't have ample time So if I really want to enjoy myself and have fun in my car and have a nice, like, energy on my way to work, I have to leave early enough that I can relax. And she does a lot of her meditating um, work in her car. I do, actually. I meditate a lot when I'm driving. I actually have Sage in a little seashell in my car. And it's not, she's off sleeping somewhere meditating. You can actually meditate and be alert and wake Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I do a lot of energy cleansing when I'm driving. I do a lot of protection. Well, we pick up so much from each other.